Despite efforts to make the finance industry more gender inclusive, there is still some way to go. For example, the Women in Finance Charter reported that gender equality at the senior management level will take 30 years to achieve at the current pace, unless further action is taken. In this final installment of our four-part series on women in private funds, we talked to two professionals featured in PEI Media's Women of Influence in Private Markets list, one of whom was selected in the infrastructure category and one in the cross-asset class category. We talk about various challenges and situations they face while making their way up in the field, as well as advice for dealing with them. I'm Mina Tumai and this is Spotlight. I originally wanted to work for the World Bank or IMF and they require three years of banking experience as a minimum. So that's how it started. That's Alexander von Bernstorff, founder and managing partner at Luxcara, renewable energy focus asset manager. And then at the end, I actually never left. And maybe that's also due because I started right away in the renewable sector. It was very early days and like, it was very interesting. It was technology, finance, law. Nobody else was doing it. Everyone else was focused on private equity and real estate and asset-backed securities in the early 2000s. So yeah, it was a great time and so I stick to it. Von Bernstorff also talks about the general competitive environment she faced when she started her job in the 2000s. I don't think this was particularly related to being a woman. You know, the tone, the vocabulary used, the competition, the hierarchy. You know, if there was someone French, they were making jokes about the French accent, they were making bad jokes about the suit men are wearing, the shoes. I think the whole atmosphere was not as friendly and definitely not politically correct. But I don't think, yes, I got bad comments for being a woman, but everyone got bad comments. You know, when you start, you're on the lowest level. So I think this was like just an attitude there in general. Pam Chan, Chief Investment Officer and Global Head of the Alternative Solutions Group at BlackRock, had a similar coincidental route into private markets. I really liked the culture and the people I met at BlackRock. And actually, it was upon coming to BlackRock that I started in the private markets. It was a new business that they were building, uh, which really was to invest in the private markets across asset classes in the context of a portfolio. So think about it as more akin to multi-asset on the liquid side, which was for me very interesting because I was fascinated by global macro, by all the things going on around me at the time, and to think about a different paradigm for private markets and the ability to help build that business while also being an investor was something that I found attractive. So that was the confluence of things. Uh, It actually wasn't, I want to do private private markets and that was the linear line. That's how I got my start. When it comes to the current state of gender equality in private markets, Chan agrees that we have a long way to go. And she emphasizes that one of the reasons for there being fewer senior female finance professionals is that women are often encouraged to follow other paths due to assumed interests or skills. I think we've made strides as an industry, so I don't think it's static, but I think we have a ways to go, particularly as I think about who takes active risk, like who takes risk in the portfolio and what the investment leaders look like. So I think we're doing a pretty good job insofar as the pipeline and then also like the more junior pipeline as well as what the aggregate investment business looks like, inclusive of all roles, right, at an investment firm. But I think in terms of investment leadership, we still need some work there. I think in terms of steps to take to get there, I think it's starting with the pipeline of talent that's already kind of 
being built as we go, but also pushing hard on preconceived notions. Like one of the anecdotes that I share that I think is illustrative, let's say, people sometimes say, oh, that woman is incredibly good interpersonally and has really strong communication skills. As a result, she should go into IR or marketing. And my pushback to that, and by the way, she could want to go into IR and marketing, which is all great, by the way, if that's what she wants to do. But this idea that those skills are mutually exclusive from having the analytical rigor and the desire to take risk in markets and be an investor, in my mind, they're, they're not mutually exclusive, right? You could have both sets of skills. And if anything, when I think about what makes the great investors, they're great writers, they're great storytellers, right? They're people who put puzzle pieces together in the private markets is particularly about interpersonal relationships as well. So think about sourcing, negotiating, everything. Von Bernstoff agrees that this divide starts in youth. The question is, is it the industry that excludes women or is it actually society and the bringing up of the children? Um, I can only have a view on being a woman, yeah, on the discussion of being maybe discriminated uh, as a woman or being limited in option. And I don't think it's being from the top. So I don't feel this, you know, limited by the industry. I rather think they are less women because women don't learn math. Yeah. Why do they don't learn math? They're being sent to ballet or art classes. You know, it's, it starts at a very early age. So the interests are split at a young age. Combining the process of raising kids with advancing their careers is often tough on women in finance without the support of their companies. Von Bernstorff reflects on how motherhood affected her career. I think it all got a bit more complicated when I got my first child. I have three today, so a relatively young age, two, six and eight. And that automatically meant that I had to reduce my travel and my work, you know. In the beginning, I lied, okay. <laughs> I couldn't make it to contract negotiations or something. I was finding yeah, excuses and so on. But at some point, I mean, everybody knew I had a baby at home, yeah. So it was a little bit like the obvious lie to everyone. So I got a bit embarrassing. And then I said, okay, just <laughs> I just tell them what it is. Yeah, and actually, I never had a bad experience because of that. But now I'm very open. And I think COVID now has also changed a lot. But... Yeah, I just said, sorry, can't make it because of my kids. Uh, if someone is, has a young family, you know, they have maybe some different priorities, which again shift when the kids get older. Yeah, maybe at, if after a few years you had enough cupcake talk and a playground talk and you, you prefer to yeah, have a more serious talk. This happens for everyone, male, female, you know, we all go through cycles of life. But I have not heard one man who doesn't want to participate at the football game of a son. And it's exactly the same for us moms. So it is a general question, how openly do we talk about it? How much do we all actually accept the fact that we like to be part of our kids' life? And that's the same question for dads as it is for moms. The more a woman advances in her career and takes on positions of power, the more she is doubted. Chan says that despite not facing too many challenges when she was starting out, the more senior she became, the more aware she became of outside biases. Actually, initially, right, earlier on in my career, I actually don't think there were as many challenges, candidly. I think it was, you know, put your head down, work hard, hone your skills, start to build your network, understand these different markets on the private side that we're investing in. And you see even in the junior ranks, actually a pretty good mix of men and women across the board. I think as I've at least become more senior, I think the challenges come from a couple things, right? 
One is whether it's conscious or unconscious bias. I don't fit the archetype of what people think a chief investment officer should look like or most frequently looks like. And so I think that's one challenge. So not fitting the archetype. And oftentimes I have spent a lot of time with other senior female investors because we are a small but mighty group, right? So we talk amongst ourselves sometimes. And I think there's an element of style versus competence, right? So I might have a different style than my male counterpart. Uh, And by the way, style differs by individual as well, right? But I think at least those attributes stylistically that are valued are probably more masculine. When it comes to making it in private markets, Von Bernstorff talks about the importance of dedication and hard work. So doing my job was driven by curiosity and not by a position or a status symbol. So there was no man or nobody in a position to take something away from me or give me a glass ceiling or something because, you know, I was so curious to learn more and to do more that the job itself was actually fulfilling. If it's regarding advice, obviously, it's I don't think there's a particular gender advice. I think everything is related to hard work. Yeah, you have to work hard. You have to learn. There is not the moment where you break the industry or there's also not the moment when you make it. These moments don't exist. I think they're a very strange concept. So you need to work. You have ups, you have downs, better, you know, like sometimes you make a good deal, sometimes you don't, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But it's not, there's no free lunch. So you have to work and you have to be aware, aware of it. And you have to fail in, once in a while. In a traditionally male-dominated environment, women can often be viewed separately from their success and their gender may alter the lens they're viewed through by male peers. Chan says one of the biggest challenges this brings is an archetype mismatch. I think there's a lack of deep community because the N is small. There's not that many (laughs) uh, senior female investors. And so I think that means that there's a lot to be self-taught versus having someone who has had similar experience to you that has paved the path before you. I do think there are a ton of actually amazing senior female investors that are trailblazers in the space that have made space for everybody else. But more is more, right? And we're not there yet. And then the last thing I would say probably is all related is sometimes your contributions or what you've achieved gets attributed to the fact that you're one of very few women, right? In a weird way, it's almost like saying that your seat at the table is not because of your investment acumen. And that I find very challenging. Right. So it is actually reminding yourself that, no, you are here because of the performance that you generate, which I think actually in investing across all the different professions is actually one of the few where you can actually point to numbers from a performance perspective. In overcoming the aforementioned challenges, Chan says having a support system of peers that are not just made up of other women is crucial. She also has further advice on how to overcome the archetype issue. I think on the archetype front, I think it's just a little bit of grit and thick skin, honestly, which is uh, not super sophisticated of an answer, I realize. But I've learned and I continue to learn, by the way, to not take things too seriously right? on that front. Um, I think that having a good network of not just female peers, right, which I think is super important. And at least my experience has been that the women that I have in that inner circle, we build each other up, which is amazing. But it's also important to have allies who are not women, right, that are, whether they fit the archetype or not, that actually are supporters and allies of you. And that I think has been incredibly important to me. When asked what guidance she would give to her younger self or women starting out in private markets, Chan highlighted the importance of listening to the advice, but also knowing that it might not all work for everyone. 
I've always kind of solicited advice from mentors, sponsors, just like people from all walks of life within the investment space, alumni, other colleagues, et cetera. And that's super helpful. But one of the things that I would have told myself way back when is not to assume every piece of advice you get is the right advice for you. Right. Because otherwise you try to contort yourself to meet all those pieces of advice. Each of those pieces of advice is discrete. And so I think collecting the advice is very useful, but understanding how to synthesize it and then ultimately trusting that you know yourself and which piece of advice is actually contextually relevant for you, I think is a, a nuance or refinement. I didn't have early on when I was soliciting all the advice. I was just trying to collect it all, right, and act on it all, which then became impossible. Sometimes speaking up as a female finance professional in a room full of male peers is overwhelming and might feel scary. However, to make it in such a competitive and challenging industry, Chan says that rooting for yourself is crucial. I would say that really be an advocate for yourself. I often had this uncertainty or tentativeness about self-advocacy. And I think a lot of women have that. It's not just exclusive to women, but like I I met a lot of more junior women who like, I don't want to be that person that comes across arrogant or, you know, is overly boastful. And what one person said to me that will stay with me forever. And ever since then, I've been a self-advocate for myself is if you worry about that, if you worry that you're going to come across too boastful, you're not that person that will over-rotate and actually be that boastful. It's because it's those people who don't actually sense that who actually come across that way. <laughs> so I think that's that's one thing I would say. And maybe the other thing is that we should all embrace actually the diversity because you stand out in a room actually. So instead of being more meek or quiet in the room, if you have a view, express it. And by the way, people will remember your view because you may be one of very few, if not maybe the only woman in the room. Von Bernstoff also emphasizes the importance of making one's voice heard and not holding back. I also think it's a lot to do with actually speaking up. No industry is nice, okay? If you want to be successful, you have to work and you have to be very clear and you, you have to open your mouth and you have to stand behind it. And I feel that young girls are not being educated like that in general. So it's more a society question than the industry. You know, it's not the bad industry that limits us. I think we as women also have to be very clear and say, yes, this is what we want. That again was Alexandra von Bernstoff of Luxcara and Pam Chan of BlackRock. If you liked what you heard, be sure to check out the rest of the Women of Influence series wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also explore our Women in Private Funds coverage across PEI Media's titles, including on Infrastructure Investor, Private Equity International, Private Debt Investor, Private Equity Real Estate, and Venture Capital Journal. I'm Mina Tumai. Thanks a lot for listening.